Welcome to the Radical Departures podcast, your source for startup storytelling. We're your hosts, Abby and Chris. You'll hear informative discussions full of valuable expertise and actionable insight on the issues you face when launching and growing your startup. This is episode 32 of the Radical Departures podcast. My guest today is Elsa Hermal, the co-founder of Epicerie, which is a great grocery delivery service that allows busy people to have products delivered directly from their favorite local artisanal shops, including butchers, greengrocers, fishmongers, and more. They've also recently partnered with Monoprix, so you can now order from them and from Naturalia all through the Epicerie app. Epicerie not only helps consumers, but they also allow small shops to digitize their offerings and expand their client base. In this episode, we chat about Elsa's development from her idea for the service to its impressive execution and expansion, her advice for those just starting out, and much more. Elsa is also graciously offering Radical Departures listeners eight euros off their first order from Epicerie using the coupon code WESTART. That's all one word. O-U-I-S-T-A-R-T. So definitely download Epicerie and check it out. Without further ado, here's episode 32 with Elsa Hermel. So my guest today is Elsa Hermel, co-founder of Epicerie. Welcome, Elsa. Hi, Abby. Nice to be here. So tell us about Epicerie. You know, when you work really late and you never have time to get proper food to put in your fridge and cook with? Well, Epicerie is uh, made for that. It's an app where you can order online from your local stores or artisan stores and get delivered to your door in one hour. It's a podcast. I should say that Epicerie ends with a Y. So people that are listening can just like try and look at it while we talk. On the one way, it's a, a very simple and convenient way to eat better because you can order really quality food from uh, the local stores, uh, butchers, fishmongers, fruit and veggies, and get delivered. Also, on the other side, it supports local small business owners because it's possible for them to digitize their products. Today, we have like 300 stores in Paris and in Lyon. And so it helps them get another source of revenue with uh, e-commerce. It makes it easier for them to have uh, their low traffic period valued because they can prepare orders and also to reduce waste. It's a great solution. Yeah, we try to, to have a great solution both for like busy people, entrepreneurs or like people working long hours, but also for small business owners who need help to uh, find a way to digitize because they have so much work in their shop. So we do that for them. So how did you get into the food tech space? I've always been very passionate about food and also about cooking, not specifically going to fancy restaurants, but cooking has always been a part of my balanced kind of life <laughs> and also a very important part of my culture uh, in my family. I've started, like, I've always loved food and knew somehow I wanted to innovate uh, in this business. But uh, when I started working, so I worked both at big companies like Pernodica and LVMH but also in uh, the startup area uh, at Rocket Internet. And uh, when I started working, I was working really long hours. I was facing the problem that so many people in cities face. It's 
uh, you go, uh, you get out of work and um, you just like cry looking at the food you can find at mini markets. And it hit me. I was like, okay, I tried and I was really intense about knowing all the innovation in the food tech area. So I was like, how come there is no solution that is practical and convenient, but also allows me to have the same quality that I can find on Saturday when I go to my little stores? So that's actually based on this problem that I was facing in my um, very busy, active life in Paris that I decided to start Epicerie. And so your co-founder, so who's your co-founder? Well, my co-founder is Edouard Morange, and we started out uh, two people. It's very funny because many people say, oh, I don't have an ID, so I don't want to build as a startup. And I really believe it's about the team because it's about the execution. You can have a really great ID, but not have a good execution. And also you can have a simple ID. I think what we do is quite simple. It's like not very like disruptive and not intelligence, or it's not artificial intelligence, but uh, we have a really good team. And we started out too, now we're like 20 people and the team is amazing and they're all entrepreneurs. And I think that's what is key for success uh, when you have a, a startup is like a, who you surround yourself with. Can they all be entrepreneurs? When did you start Epicerie? When, like you had this idea a long time ago, but when did you begin the execution uh, of it? So it started out two years ago, a bit more than two years ago, I had the idea and very quickly uh, I decided to start APC. It was very funny because uh, the first thing we did, like you asked me how it started. I went to these local stores and asked them a lot of questions. How is your business going and what are the challenges, the opportunities and uh, I don't know what's your average basket, what are the products you're selling, what are your customers asking for? And that's actually how I built Epicerie because I had the model in my head. I knew it would be more efficient to have a marketplace with merchants and new stocks and uh, it was going to be more lean than to have a very big stock. But it's with uh, talking with the, the merchants and understanding their real life problems and issues that I built Epicerie. It's very strange because I think when you innovate, you still have to be really, really close to what the traditional areas are offering in order to have a good tech product. It cannot be more traditional than work of artisans like butchers, fishmongers. And uh, if we understand what, what goes on in their shop, we can make the experience online the more accurate, both for the user and for the merchant. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you faced in the beginning and now? Every day is a really, really big challenge. It doesn't stop. <laughs> People uh, see that Epicerie is growing, that you have more and more customers. They're always like, okay, it's amazing what you do. And I'm like, yeah, it's not getting any easier by its time, you know? I remember very well my first challenge because I had started drafting um, a very, very ugly uh, PowerPoint uh, mock-up of what I wanted to do with Epicerie. And it's actually the customer journey is not that different than what it's like today. And I went to take people to know uh, who could develop this solution and for how much and uh, with what technology. And uh, I wasn't a tech uh, person, so it was really challenging for me. And I remember feeling totally lost. But then what I've noticed is like uh, when you're an entrepreneur, either you get help and you understand with someone who helps you how to overcome any a challenge, 
or you just finish doing it yourself and understanding it yourself. I overcome it and uh, our tech solution is great today. We have a great tech team. I worked so hard understanding what these guys, these tech guys were offering that I, I ended up understanding what they were talking about. One other big challenge uh, was uh, at the beginning, because you asked me about the beginning, was how to build a really strong team that is really enthusiastic, really uh, performing, uh, also very uh, driven uh, towards entrepreneurship. I remember very well the first people arriving that had this spirit, and I was like, okay, yeah, I did it. And you feel big change between you carrying the burden by yourself and you having a great team that you can rely on because sometimes they, they are so enthusiastic, like uh, even if you're tired or if you have really big challenge, they help you overcome them. It's a challenge to keep your team motivated. It's an everyday challenge, but it's also what's key uh, for success for me. What's something that you now looking back at it go, oh, why did I do this like that? Something you would do differently looking back. It's very obvious, but uh, I think uh, that's what I feel I would have done differently. I would say I would have launched faster and to fewer audience because uh, we waited a bit. The product was not perfect at all. It was like, it was kind of ugly, but we still like uh, didn't get uh, as many feedback as early as we could have. And uh, so it's, everybody says that, but you can, I don't think you can start too early actually. So Go in the street, like uh, ask people about your product. And um, so that's what I would do definitely. And what held you back from starting sooner? Was it a, a perfectionism, wanting to be the perfect product before you let anybody see it? Being an entrepreneur, I lost my uh, perfectionism because uh, I think it's never going to be ready. And uh, I mean, when it's going to be ready, it's like it's not a startup anymore. It's like your product is done. I don't know what uh, held me back. I think we started soon, but you can never start soon enough. I mean, you said you worked in a few big companies. You also have startup experience. Did you always consider yourself to be a kind of entrepreneur? No, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> no it's funny because when I was, um, so I studied in business school and I met many people who wanted to be entrepreneurs. At first, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew I had food it was a passion, but I had no idea I would make uh, my life out of it. Like, it's amazing. I was like, people have passion for like theater and uh, I don't know, writing and uh, like finance. And so they make a life out of it. And I couldn't imagine I could make a life out of food. I wanted to innovate because I had this need to find new solutions that were more accurate to uh, everybody's life. And also working in big groups was another environment I was looking uh, for. So I also had the need to work in a very dynamic uh, environment. So it made me want to go into the startup ecosystem. And now that I'm looking back, I also think that I found myself able to develop my creativity and to understand how I work by being an entrepreneur. Everything like I did like when I worked in a big group was like, was like good, like I did a good job, but I didn't feel fulfilled. And I think that was because I couldn't like innovate and uh, bring new ideas to the table every day. You're a, a woman entrepreneur. You're a female, young female entrepreneur. Do you spend a lot of time in that space? Do you mentor young women? I found out about you actually through Starter, which is an organization uh, in Paris to promote uh, female women in tech and entrepreneurs. Do you give back to that community? Do you consider yourself, you know, first and foremost, 
I'm a woman in this space or are you, you're an entrepreneur like any entrepreneur, it doesn't matter. I try to uh, give back to all entrepreneurs when I can. I don't have so much free time, but I have a few areas where I meet entrepreneurs and that I try to give back no matter uh, female or male. And I also take uh, from them because we need uh, every bit of uh, knowledge and skill to grow faster. So we, it's really important to share. I have a few entrepreneurs I'm really close to. We exchange all the time uh, about what we do, how to manage the team, how to grow, how to sell. I would say uh, I also give special advice to women entrepreneurs because it is harder to be a woman uh, at work and to be a woman uh, entrepreneur. So uh, what I have learned, I try to share to all entrepreneurs and uh, special uh, female entrepreneur advice uh, when I can, uh, in order to help them have uh, less uh, challenges and less difficulties and more confidence, especially in what they do. What's a piece of advice you would share? I would say uh, a general advice to entrepreneurs uh, would be to uh, surround yourself with good people that are smart, but also kind and fun. So, I mean, build an amazing team and get some amazing mentors. Also, an advice is uh, to have confidence, and especially for women entrepreneurs, have confidence in your project and in yourself. Don't think you're just uh, there for no reason. Like If you're building a company from your guts, it's because you're here for a reason. And also, I think, be courageous because it's, it takes a lot of courage. And I think it's, everyone can be an entrepreneur, but it's not for everyone because you need to be really, really courageous in order to support a company, your team, have face every day, and uh, you think about it uh, 24 hours a day. So you need to have some strengths. You guys recently, at the end of last year, I think it was, signed a pretty big partnership. Can you tell us about that? So far, AP3 gathered uh, 350 artisans, which are butchers, fishmongers, uh, fruits and veggies. These are really small shops. At the end of last year, uh, we partnered with a bigger partner, which is the leader of quality convenience store in France called Monoprix. They offer quality products for day-to-day uh, -day for customers. We partnered with them in, on a commercial level and on a financial level. On the commercial level, uh, we're going to develop faster using Monoprix's strengths in logistics in all France. We're going to develop in more cities than what we had uh, initially planned because we can actually develop uh, partnerships with artisans uh, in all France where Monoprix can deliver and we can gather the delivery. And we're also going to rely on their uh, clients because Monoprix wants to offer more service to their clients and uh, more quality food. And uh, they don't have the food that uh, the savoir-faire food that artisans have. They're going to offer to their customers to complete their orders, their pasta, rice, everyday pantry orders, with products from the artisans from Epicerie. So it will be integrated into their shopping experience. Yeah, exactly. So for Monoprix is bringing the customer a greater experience because they can buy food from Monoprix and the pantry from Monoprix, but also the food they cannot find at Monoprix that is from the butchers, the fishmongers or the small shops from, uh, for uh, organic uh, fruits and veggies. And so it makes greater experience for customers at Monoprix. But for us, it makes also new customers that can discover our service. On the other side, we also have integrated 
Monoprix and Naturalia on Epicerie. So now our customers on Epicerie can buy in just one click food from uh, their butchers, fishmongers, but also uh, pasta, rice, and uh, some uh, daily products from Monoprix or Naturalia. It's a great experience, and now you can actually get everything delivered all together, Monoprix, Naturalia, and uh, local artisan uh, food. And also they took a minority stake in uh, Epicerie, so it's going to help support the business partnership. So what's in your growth plan? You say now that you've partnered with Monoprix, you can expand in more cities throughout France. What's the plan? What's the timeline? In uh, one year and a half, Epicerie uh, has expanded in Paris, Neuilly, uh, Levallois and Boulogne, so in the Paris area, but also in Lyon and Villeurbanne. So we've uh, started to expand in a few cities. And uh, we are currently expanding in uh, other cities around the Paris area and also other cities in France, other big cities in France. We want to open dozens of cities in the next coming years in order to help all urban people have easier access to quality food on a daily basis with a very, very simple and convenient solution that we built and also to help like shop owners all over France to have a solution to digitize uh, their products. And actually, every day, uh, there are merchants, like small business owners from all over France, contacting us on our website. They heard about us, and they're like, okay, when are you arriving to Nice or to uh, Lisieux? We feel it's really important that we develop very quickly. We want to continue to improve our service, both for the final uh, users and also for the merchants. So we are uh, currently developing uh, new apps that we will be launching in the coming months, both for our merchants and our customers. You've had a few honors personally this year. You were named on, well, I mentioned Starter before, but you were named one of their 10 women to follow this year and also one of Forbes in France, 30 under 30. That's pretty impressive. What has that changed, if anything, for you? Does it feel weird as like, uh, you know, you've been working 24-7 on this project and now you're getting all this you know, these accolades for it. What does that feel like? Does it change anything? I like that people are uh, liking what we do at Epicerie. I think people really uh, like the fact that we are both bringing easy solution for everyone in their daily life, but also supporting uh, local businesses. And also there is a very, very big issue with city centers that needs uh, help get uh, development and dynamic uh, in order to help these small shops to maintain. I think that's uh, the reason the spotlight was on Epicerie and uh, on my project uh, this year. For me, it doesn't change uh, many things on the daily basis. I'm happy people like the project and uh, it makes it uh, known to more people. So it's amazing. It's always the same on a daily basis. You're always innovating. And maybe uh, after, I don't know, a few years, I will look back and say, oh, okay, that was great. But like on a daily basis, it's actually just like you're just like working really hard every day. So doesn't change much. It's good that there are some initiatives uh, showing that both uh, women can innovate in tech because we need to understand that it's just about the same that a man that, that's, you know, who innovates in tech. If you can encourage women to innovate, it's amazing. So I think it's great that people enlighten initiatives who promote women in tech because a woman need a role model and need to know that they can innovate also and that it doesn't change anything that there are women. And uh, also, I think it's amazing that people enlighten uh, initiatives 
that are uh, very related to traditional uh, businesses. What we do at Episcree is we provide these traditional artisans with innovation, uh, but that is really related to uh, their business. So it's a new way for them to develop their activity and be more competitive in the new economy. So I think it's really good that people know they can innovate in some very traditional, uh, simple areas. Uh, you don't need to have the big idea and the big innovation and to be a pro in algorithm to innovate. You Sometimes you just need to like understand what's going on on the market and make an innovation that uh, normal people can relate to. That's a really good message to pass because men, women, I don't know, uh, young people starting out, they might feel like, oh, if I don't have, if I'm not super brilliant in tech and an engineer, um, I won't be able to, you know, make a difference or I can't work in tech, but that's not the case at all. I really appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much. And I have one final question to ask you before you go. How do you define success? I think it's success is a very personal matter. For me, success has always been reaching towards happiness. I've never like been wanting much money or title or anything, but that's very, very personal. And it's very funny because I realized that being an entrepreneur, creating something new every day and getting excited every day, despite the challenges, of course, is what makes me happy. Of course, it's not easy uh, every day, but I think uh, success for me has always been reaching towards happiness, being happy, feeling happy. So uh, that's my definition. That's a good one. That wraps up another episode of the Radical Departures podcast. Thanks for listening. Support us on Patreon. And join us next time on Radical Departures. <laughs>